Hey everybody, welcome to the first Game Luster E3 podcast. We're going to be covering EA Play today. Uh, it's happening technically the day before E3 because EA likes to, you know, be a little special. Uh, I am your host of this episode, Robert Scarpinito, your news editor, and I'm joined here by assistant reviews and feature editor, Austin. Hey, how's it going? Our social media manager, Haley. One of our writers, Mike. What's up? And our editor-in-chief, Trevor. Hello. All right, so... I mean, we're, we're pretty much hot off the presses here, guys. Like, we just, we got on here, like, within, what, 15 minutes of that conference ending? Um, yeah. And I just took notes just, like, of what happened in chronological order. So, I don't know if you guys want to go through it that way or if you just want to, like, shout out your favorite moments from that conference. Well, we she found out Battlefield part. 5 will have a Battle Royale mode. Yeah, to, to the surprise of literally no one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, because, well, like, I, if I remember right, didn't the original Battlefield games, like, they supported up to 64 players in a lobby, right? Like, I think, yeah. yeah, Battlefield 4, I think, did that. Right. So, I mean, that's not that far off the mark from the coveted 100, you know, so it's not that surprising to see it coming. You know, we don't know much about the Battle Royale, obviously, but I, I'm not really huge on the genre i'm just wondering if this is going to set a precedent for like every other shooter and every other triple a release now uh that can fit a battle royale into the game are they going to do it i'm thinking maybe halo if they announce that like that it seems like it would fit in halo but also at the same time i just feel like people shouldn't be tacking on battle royale to every single game now yeah, it seems like the major trend right now is just, if you are a shooter, let's tack on some Battle Royale. Well, I mean, do you guys remember back in, like, the PS3, Xbox 360 era? Like, that was the heyday for, like, Call of Duty multiplayer, right? Like, Team Deathmatch, Domination, and all that stuff. And I feel like there were a lot of shooters in the day that would just add a multiplayer online component just because Call of Duty was so popular in that time, you know? Like, I can think of Resistance, that exclusive shooter for PlayStation. Like, that, I think, had team deathmatches in it. I think Far Cry 3 or 4 had a team deathmatch, and freaking Uncharted, you know what I mean? I I think that we're now in that era where instead of team deathmatches, it's Battle Royale. Maybe the only difference with battle royale is like in the case of call of duty it it comes at the expense of single player maybe and it's the battle royale games are exclusively multiplayer whereas call of duty it was just an extra multiplayer mode but your point of course still stands that this isn't the first time that a trendy multiplayer game keeps getting added to series that it had not been in and as always i guess you can also say it does kind of get tiring yeah, I mean, I think like I'm actually excited to see what the end of this year looks like because it's Call of Duty and Battlefield. I feel like that's you know, that's kind of like an iconic you know, war at this point in terms of video Yeah, game. rivalry. Yeah, 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 it's pretty popular. I mean, it's nothing to the level of like Sega versus Nintendo in the early 90s, but you know, it's still like if you bring up one, someone's going to inevitably bring up the other. And mm-hmm they're both trying out this brand new game mode that's been made popular only within the past year. So it'll be interesting to see how both of them take their swing at such a mammoth of a gameplay style. 
Yes, I am interested to see the how they make it specifically Battlefield flavor, which is what the two devs on stage said that it will be a it'll be a Battlefield style battle royale. So it will be interesting to see that. And I'm just wondering what the whole Call of Duty game will be like without a single player campaign. I think they said, well, they said they're like weaving in story, right? For Call of Duty, like they're weaving it into all the other game modes. Like multiplayer is going to have a story and zombies. I mean, of course, zombies has a story, but yeah. Would it be, would it be still online or would it be single player weaved into those modes? Did they say that? No clue. We're gonna have to wait and see. Okay. I'd I'd bet they're gonna reveal that at Sony's conference this year, maybe, because uh, Call of Duty's been leaning towards Sony for this generation. But we'll have to see. Um, can we talk though about how I really hate when companies do this, and I feel like it's notorious in the gaming industry. But like while we're talking about Battlefield Five, they had that trailer right for their War Stories mode, or they're releasing that new. Well, the information about that new, like, what is it, Nordless or whatever, uh, about yeah. that female yeah. resistance fighter. And I freaking, I hate how it ended with find out more tomorrow. <laughs> like, why oh, not just yeah. tell us that? Like, you're giving us a trailer. What's the point of having a trailer to say, wait for tomorrow's trailer? Well, well I think it's that's, what, oh, um, you can go ahead. I was going to say, I think it's also a trend that we see today is I'm always seeing, you know, a 10 second trailer that says, oh, the real trailer will come out in two days. Yeah, like teasers. I just think that when you have uh, like company or publisher specific press conferences like Ubisoft and um, um, EA, then you're going to have that happen because they obviously can't show everything because of the time that they have, but they want to show more. So they just kind of have to tease it. But I understand what you're saying. Well, so that's probably enough talk about like Battlefield 5. up next though they showed a bunch of fifa gameplay a fifa 19 are you guys like big at all into sports games in general no no nope. good resounding no. yeah i mean same <laughs> yeah, though. I, take care of that yeah i mean i don't know like i i like i, I get into the world cup because you know it's always fun to you know cheer for your country and stuff but i don't know playing fifa just doesn't seem fun so i don't know um, I mean, it's wildly popular. You can't deny that, but it's just yeah. not for me. Yeah, I mean, like, it's... it. Yeah, a lot of people play it. Like, there are people who play just FIFA, and that like that's the only video game they ever play, you know? Yeah, I, yeah I've heard of that, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess for news purposes, FIFA 19 is coming out September 28. Uh, right now, there's a free trial for FIFA 18, which also includes that World Cup update, the World Cup date, if you will. Um uh, so uh, if, if you haven't played FIFA 18 yet and you're interested, unlike all of us, you know, you can go check it out. <laughs> um, something that I thought was really interesting and cool is that they talked about streaming and subscription services. You guys remember that part? Like, it was kind of yeah. weird. Yeah. Um, and they're bringing out this thing called Origin Access Premiere, where I assume it's like a monthly fee. And you could just play any of the brand new games that are coming that are coming out from EA, including Manif- Madden NFL 19, which is coming to PC, but also like Anthem and Battlefield 5 and etc. And you have access to the Vault, which is like a thousand or so games, and you can stream all of that to your devices. 
do you guys have um any experience with like streaming games before yeah i've tried playstation now before okay and how was that uh i really didn't like it um I was always having like a lot of um, server issues and stuff like that. Okay, so it was like a little laggy, you would say. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, yeah, from from what that trailer said, I I mean they weren't like super specific on it, but it looked like you could play it on pretty much any device, right? Like even your phone or maybe like that. That was an Nvidia Shield, I think. Um. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I do think that's cool, and I think it's kind of interesting how that echoes what the Ubisoft CEO, Yves Guillermo, said like earlier this week about how the future of gaming is streaming. And, you know, I... Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, well, go ahead. I, um, I've had some experience with streaming, and I don't think it's a bad idea. In fact, I think it's probably really good for the consumer just because... You don't have to uh, play a game that you don't like and then return it. You can try it out, and really, it's not going to cost you much. And then um, it could end up being cheaper for you overall. But the problem I have with looking towards the future is that um, I like, you know, having a physical game or like the knowledge of uh, the fact that I own a game and it's not just like something that could be taken away once I'm done paying for it. And if they're going to continue on with this trend, all the if all the companies like Ubisoft, like you said, and of course EA is doing it, Microsoft, um, I mean, I don't really like it, but maybe that's just kind of a selfish reason. <laughs> but does anyone else feel that way too? I mean, I'm, yeah. I sympathize with that. Yeah. Like, there's a part of me that agrees, right? Because it's the same with Netflix, right? You're paying, like, what, 10 bucks a month, and you have access to literally millions of hours of content that if you bought it all right then and there, it costs you probably billions of dollars. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, the thing with streaming, though, it's always, like, a matter of time, really. That's what you're paying for more than anything is, like, how much time do you have to play this game or watch that movie? Um, but I, I'm also like, like, I understand where you're coming from with owning a game. I think that's something that you could, I mean, do you buy more of your games physical or digital? Digital. Well, yeah. Physical. I, I, I try to do physical. Of course, I'm a heavy steam player and that's kind of the same thing where, you know, your rights can be revoked at any time. But if I'm doing console, then it's almost always going to be physical. Yeah. Cause that's what I was going to bring up is that if you're buying a lot of your games digital, you don't technically own those either. <laughs> you just paid for the right to like play the game that can be revoked at any time technically though though gog would be an exception right because you're down i mean you're downloading that to keep it drm free so yeah i mean i use a lot of gog too so right i i think streaming though is a good thing for the future of the games industry because i think it's like i would treat it the same way i treat like movies right now in that I use Netflix and I use Hulu just to, you know, like there are movies I've seen where I would never have seen them without subscription services, right? And then the movies that I truly love, I own them on Blu-ray, on DVD or whatever. And I think that's that uh, the game streaming services that are coming out, I think that'd be the same thing where you might play this indie game or something that you never would have played on your own. You never would have purchased it, but 
by playing it with that streaming service, you think, oh, that's not bad. And then like you decide to purchase it for yourself to support the devs. Yeah, yeah I can understand that. Oh, well, I've tried this um, that you're talking now that you're talking about indie games. Uh, something that's really cool is actually a um, uh, indie game streaming service called Jump. Mm. and i actually kind of like that model what it does is like super short download times download it right away anything um anything in the library and um it's like 10 bucks a month they're adding more all the time it kind of sounds like uh these you know new streaming services that we just heard about but um it like directly benefits the developer and everything i kind of like the way they're approaching it um, I just thought I'd mention that. Yeah. I guess there's different ways that it can be done. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, I'm just thinking of it like in a perspective of like, like if you, if we're talking indie games, right? Like, and if you buy an indie game and you end up not liking it, like that's maybe 10, 20, maybe 30 bucks that you're out, right? Which, I mean, sure, that's like three number twos at McDonald's, but like, you know, it's not that bad but when you when you start bringing in streaming services that are like big triple a games like you could have been out a full 60 dollars you know if not more if you invest in like the season pass or you know super gold edition or whatever but with the streaming services like that kind of takes that huge hit off the table you know so do you guys want to talk about like the most awkward part of this conference or at least what i think was the most awkward part of the conference yes please <laughs> let's do it okay so <laughs> i cannot believe like look i like andrea renee i think she's a fine woman i'm glad she's doing what she's doing in the games industry it's very cool why would you interview someone from a developer in the middle of the crowd sitting there as if you two are just part of the crowd enjoying the conference that you are clearly emceeing because why not i guess <laughs> It was so weird. It was like the camera was panning to find them, zooms in, and like everyone else around them looks uncomfortable. They're like trying to pretend, what? We're not on camera. What's going on? And then it's just like, hi, I found, I've randomly found this person in the crowd completely by luck, and I'm going to interview him. And he happens to know about Jedi Fallen Order, a brand new game that Respawn is working on. I actually, I wasn't too bothered by that part I, I didn't think it was too awkward um, not as awkward as when Andrea Renee kind of tapped the shoulder of that one guy sitting in the audience just before the start yeah that he was seemed weird. a little bit yeah he seemed a little bit embarrassed and not knowing how to look towards the camera and all that but her, her little chat with Vince Sampella I do understand the um, the how absurd it is to think she just randomly found him um it, it was likely planned of course but right I, I didn't think it was too awkward i just i thought um you know all he had was a title and holiday 2019 there just wasn't much to it maybe that's why they gave it that framework because instead of him coming on stage and saying we're working on jedi fallen order it's coming holiday 2019 and it's set in the dark times well that you know that wouldn't have been hardly anything so i guess to spruce up just that little tease they gave it that 
her finding him in the audience angle yeah I, I can agree with that point like if he had come on stage and like all they had was just I don't know maybe a logo or something yeah you know but then the again Star Wars logo yeah and I mean then again like Nintendo did that last year where they were just like here's a black screen and now we're fading it in look Metroid Prime 4 and that's it yeah that is yeah that is right <laughs> and people I are remember that. fine with that yeah people lost their crap over <laughs> just the logo so I don't know did it like seem a little forced or maybe unexpected because that's kind of what I got from him like he didn't really want to say and he didn't know how much information to disclose yeah no, I can agree he he seemed like he was a little uncomfortable on camera I don't know maybe that was just the environment of the interview maybe but yeah. He seems scared he, yeah, he might say something he shouldn't. Right. I feel like they could have announced that in like the pre-show though because they announced the date of The Sims in the pre-show. So why not just do something like that in the pre-show or the post-show? Well, why, why make that guy sit there so uncomfortable and all those other people around him so uncomfortable and then you just have the her andrea or whatever her name was just just sitting there laughing like they're all just having a jolly good time and i'm just sitting here having secondhand cringe like (laughs) waiting for it to go away yeah wait so what was that about a sims release date though in the pre-show yeah i didn't yeah um so deligracy was there and i think the sims supply they're two great um sim players um, I've followed Deligracy personally, um, but Sim Seasons is coming out, I think, June 22nd. Oh, that's soon. Was the announced date. So I'm super excited for it. I'm going to be keeping my eye out on that. All right, that's good to know. I had no idea that they were still making Sims 4 content, but I guess that makes sense since most Sim they- games have like 20 expansions they have released I think at, like this is their expansion I'm pretty sure they released a game pack and one of like their smaller packs I thought this expansion was coming out at the end of the year so I'm so surprised that it's coming out extremely soon right right um, well let's go back to the Star Wars stuff so again Respawn Entertainment is working on a brand new Star Wars title set for holiday 2019 they followed up that little interview with um, Battlefront 2 being shown on the big screen and <laughs> like the amount of chagrin on that guy when he walked out he was like so I know we screwed up <laughs> I know we didn't quite nail it the first time <laughs> right like they're, they were all I mean you guys remember the whole yep. loot box debacle yeah. right? yes yeah, yes. yeah. Um, but I don't know I kind of didn't pay much attention to it just cause I mean I don't plan on buying that game ever I don't think there are many people who do now you know what I mean like it's kind of like they've gone too far yeah the, the whole premise of him having to apologize for it basically it made it feel awkward like you're showing something off that you know has just been completely tarnished and you're have you're like embarrassed about it and as i said having to sheepishly apologize for it it just didn't feel right like 
you know, just let it, let it, let it stay in the background and, and move on. Yeah. But instead of that, they announced, uh, they're having some like Han Solo movie tie-ins, which is also unfortunate just because that movie, I don't know if you guys follow it, but it like really underperformed in the box office. So like, yeah, I saw that. So it's not like a shame because I like the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a pretty good movie. I didn't see it, but I think it is a shame that like even the real Star Wars movie that they're pulling from isn't critically acclaimed, you know, like it'd help if it were, but even then it's not. And they mentioned, didn't they mention something uh, about something else being set during the Clone Wars? Yeah, that's yep. the DLC. Okay. And I own the game owned uh, because I sold it. But I mean, this is kind of the thing that I've been looking forward to since I had it. But now that I don't own it, it's just like whatever. But I mean, we've been hearing about Joan Grievous since I think maybe even before the game came out. And obviously, I think Obi-Wan should have been the game. Um <laughs> Anakin, Count Dooku. They're in previous games, but I feel like you really can't have a battlefront without Obi-Wan. So now that he's showing up, it's just kind of... I don't know. It feels like it's too little too late. But I'm not going to go out and rebuy it either, unfortunately. It's kind of sad, the whole ordeal. It just took them eight months after release to finish the game, you know? I think they're doing the whole Clone Wars thing to kind of draw people back in, because they're like man, we messed up. How are we going to get people back into playing this game again? Yeah, but I mean, I agree with Austin. Like, I think it's too little too late. I think yeah, they need to wait for a Battlefield 3 and they should probably wait a while longer. Battlefront 3? Up uh, That thing. Yeah, but I always... Yeah. I, I hate... <laughs> I was thinking, so wait, close. Battlefield 3? <laughs> Hold on. Well, I mean, I guess we did skip 2, 3, and 4, right? We went from Battlefield 1 to 5. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, the guy said that Obi Wan was making his Battlefront debut. Debut, which I mean, he wasn't in the previous game, but he was in the others. So, I mean, was that? I don't know what he meant by that. It was just kind of weird. I think they're probably treating it like this is EA's Battlefront. This is a brand new thing that no one's done before, and this is our franchise. You know? Yeah. Which is dumb, but what can you do? Uh, the next thing they unraveled was something Uh, I didn't expect uh, yeah thank you good Um, nice because yeah I remember seeing that trailer right that thing that opened up with like that ship in like the you know it's a horrible storm in the middle of the seas and then like I saw Yarny and I was like is that is that Yarny yeah they've they've uh, well they've both announced and released unravel 2 that was interesting. Yeah. Um, to, to hear them. I mean, how often do you hear a dev at E3 say, you know, it's available now? Yeah. Like the closest thing I can think of is like, there are some Nintendo directs, right? Where they're like, and this game is available now on the Nintendo eShop. But yeah. Rarely do you see that at E3. The closest I can think is maybe like, f- like Bethesda saying Fallout 4 is coming out in six months. You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was very surprised to see Unravel Two come out. Um, do you guys have any of you played Unravel before? No, I have, I have not. No. Yeah, I um, I thought like it looked interesting, and I thought I'd maybe like pick it up on a sale. Still didn't. But Unravel Two looks like a lot more fun, honestly, with that co-op kind of thing going on, where you're playing as two Yarnies that are attached to each other. 
and yeah. and that was what that that guy demoed right like co-op with yourself was how he put it which i assume references that you can play it on your own and that yeah. was also a part with that awkward moment where he said he seemed a little irritated and he said this wasn't planned <laughs> do you remember that a little bit yeah you um, think that being E3, you know, they would have had that done. Especially since the game is, like, actually done. I mean, I'd imagine yeah. it's actually done since it's out on sale right now. Even though I tried yeah. to, like, look it up earlier in the Origin store, it says 404 right now, so that's cool. I'm sure a lot of people are trying to, like, rush to get it. Right. Uh, it makes me wonder how many, like, outlets knew about this. Like, if anyone got review code, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like in any of the the bigger outlets if they had gotten a review copy ahead of time or if this is news to them right so i mean i think that's cool though it's exciting to see a game be announced and released on the same day at e3 yeah um that is it a first i don't want to say yes but i think so didn't uh, they the... oh go ahead mike this is the only other instance i can ever remember is probably Fallout Shelter. Oh yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think they uh, when they announced for, they were like, "Oh yeah, we're also gonna Fallout Shelter, and it's available today." Oh yeah, I mean, it was a mobile game though, so. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's yeah. like the closest thing I could think of right now. Yeah, I remember Microsoft. Uh, I think, I think they. Um, announced the microsoft or the xbox 360 slim or whatever and they gave it all to the audience and then they said also it's out today or tomorrow one of those two man that was back when microsoft was cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> top of the game. oh man now now it's just like man i'm so i'm so excited for tomorrow's conference though microsoft is gonna be so weird gonna be like watching a car crash in real life no um, don't say that <laughs> oh, man. i mean here, it's, here's the thing microsoft's conference is gonna go one of two ways it's like watching someone who you know is about to crash into another car but then they swerve out of the way at the last minute and they keep driving on and it's like you think they're a stunt driver like that was so cool or they're gonna hit that car <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> like well are... and there might even be a couple cars here and there <laughs> yeah yeah so, like Microsoft really needs to either blow it out of the park or like they're kind of like it's just sad. So either way, it would be entertaining to watch for sure, hundred percent. That's that's how I'm approaching it. Oh, um, speaking of entertaining to watch, uh, EA released their, or announced their new EA original title that they're supporting this year at E3. Um, this is coming in a long line of like what they had: Fay, Unravel. Yeah. They had a way out. Um, now. They're adding Sea of Solitude by Yomai, which is a German studio founded in Berlin. Um, Trevor, you wrote a quick little article about this. Do you want to talk about the game? Yeah, so um, it was announced by yeah, Yomai, um, their creative director, Cornelia. Um, can't remember exactly her last name. It's left me now, but she, she was very excited when she came onto stage, out of breath even, um, referencing... Her initial excitement when EA made the deal with them and the game she explained the story set up to the game it revolves around uh, loneliness human loneliness and the world of sea of solitude when humans become lonely 
they turn into monsters. And she said that she she wrote this at a time in her own life when she was experiencing loneliness and that this is something most everyone can relate to. And in the game, you play as Kay, a young woman who is struggling with loneliness. And she she becomes a monster. And the goal of the game is to figure out exactly why and to also balance balance her emotions and the lesson being that we should learn to embrace things like loneliness or self-doubt rather than fight them because it's all part of being human and they also show showed a, a trailer of it and it looks interesting to me there's a little she sails a little boat as part of it there are giant monsters that she fights um some of them look kind of creepy and it, it looks like the story premise could be could involve some uh school settings as well i thought i saw a school she was walking through or something but it looks like another one of those um interesting single player indie games with this with this different art style and a more engaging narrative to it and character. And I thought it looked interesting. I'll certainly, I'll certainly follow it. They said, I believe early 2019 as a release window. Yeah. That's what I have written down. Did you, I don't know when I, when I saw that trailer for it, like I thought it was really adorable. Right. When the woman came up and was like, guys, I'm so excited about this game. Like, you know, she was almost yeah. too excited. Like, that was kind of cute to see. Because, I mean, it's it's yeah. kind of overwhelming. And that's always been my favorite part about EA Originals is that the person or people who are previewing their game during the EA Original section at EA's like E3, they're always the most excited. And they don't feel like the fake excited, like the Battlefield people or anything. Like, they're legit, like, they never thought they'd be. Yeah, because they're not, they're not used to it they're not part of this major studio they're this a small indie team that got got a great deal and get this this great exposure it might be you know the first time a lot of them have have given a, a an announcement for a game there's at a major event right and and i remember the the guy um who presented unraveled a couple of years ago the same guy who came on stage and he was like so passionate about it he was close to tears it was uh really cool to see mm-hmm. not that he was in tears but just how passionate he was yeah, yeah. and and joseph ferris too he, like, it's kind of hard to forget that guy is um the representative from ea kind of mentioned i mean do you guys remember him yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. The get out guy and, oh man he's a legendary dude <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so sea of solitude i remember seeing the trailer for that and it looks really pretty like uh, prettier than i expected it to look and yes like i'm excited about that art style i love like that that monster girl aesthetic it looks really mm-hmm. cool and then like the giant like megalodon mermaid monster thing like, yeah that looks creepy yeah i'm excited to play that that looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun i definitely want to see more of it like kind of see how the gameplay works besides just running around and jumping but yeah yeah i would like to know more of the specifics as well Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of the few games from this from EA's conference that I'm really looking forward to. For sure, for sure. Um, let's see. They followed that up with like a little trailer, of like NBA 19, and the whole "I'm the one." No, I'm the one. No, I'm the one. And it's like, who cares, dude? Um, that's probably gonna Who's be the one. 
uh, they're the ones <laughs> i don't know uh just another nba game probably going to be loaded with microtransactions just like last year so that's fun um and then something i'll never wrap my head around every time i see it at e3 is like i can understand esports like league of legends or like overwatch fighting games but like esports about madden <laughs> like that always weirds yeah. me out yeah that was it was it was well interesting for me of course because only because i didn't know about it but hearing that young kid uh from seattle talking about how it was like his dream to pursue this one medal and i i didn't even know that that existed and again that just reflects me i know there could be others out there but i never really thought about or was aware of you know an ea like an ea sports belt or a championship and there being a big thing about it yeah i mean they, they showed off something like that last year and i think the year before too like something about a madden tournament and they had the winner of it at e3 and it's like every time they present it they make it seem way more serious than it is and it's just hard for me to take it seriously but like i respect the hustle i guess yeah um so yeah madden 19 is gonna be a thing uh surprise no one at least they didn't spend like a whole bunch of time on it like they usually do you know like i think they spend more time on ea sports than i I guess it's just a personal thing because i'm not interested but it it was brief enough that like i didn't tune out too much i i think it's i think they did it right this year i think like nba was just a trailer they didn't even talk about it they just like showed it and that's it and then with Madden, they had that weird cringy thing between like the wide receiver from the Steelers and the yeah. winner of that tourney. And, and when he like the first thing he said was smack talking him like, "Oh, I'm gonna smash you again" or something, and it was like, "Okay." Yeah, I, I love how that little <laughs> white kid was trying to like yeah. smack talk him. And yeah, a I professional at, football player. Yeah, and I love how at the end of that, the football player just like. He says, I'm going to take your belt next time. And then he walks up to him and takes the belt from him. And the white kid does like nothing to stop yeah. it because he knows he can't. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was yeah, that, awkward. <laughs> it's so good. So I think maybe they could have toned down a little bit of the Madden. But I think FIFA this year does deserve the amount of time it took just because like it's a big year. World Cup and all that. Like in terms of just like football mm-hmm. around the world, right? It's, yeah. it's understandable. Um. And then they had like <laughs> they had a 1v1 of a mobile RTS game happen live on stage. That was just interesting for that. Yeah, moment. I didn't I didn't pay too much attention to that. All I caught was that there's a guy whose um username is Nick at Night, which that was, that's I good. guess that's kind of that's kind <laughs> of funny, but otherwise I didn't pay too much attention. Yeah, all I really caught for that is it's a new Command and Conquer game or something like that. Yeah, Command and Conquer Rivals. Uh, they had Nick yeah. at Night play against In Control, who's like a he's a veteran StarCraft player. Like he's known in the StarCraft community a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they like played a game of Command and Conquer Rivals, which is like it's upcoming. It's this upcoming mobile game, obviously in the Command and Conquer franchise. It looked better than I thought it would for like a mobile RTS, but I uh, I'm not sure if I'd like play it depending on how much it costs it's a i believe it's also available today right oh did they say that it was another one that they said and it's available today i'm pretty certain oh wait no i think they said that there's a pre-alpha available right now but only for android not ios 
So. Well, I'll admit that that is the time I took to write my article, so I know nothing about it. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, if, if you're interested in RTSs on your phone and you've got Android, you can check it out right now on the Google Play Store. And if you're on iOS, sucks to suck. Take that, Tim Cook. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. I guess I'll have to sit out on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then then they had a little bit about, you know, like play to play for charity. Right, they had a little like charity thing, which I kind of tuned out just because it's really weird hearing EA of all companies talk about charity. So, yeah, like, I look, tuned out as well. Like, it's it's just hard to believe them when they're also the company that's been like, "Hey, buy all of our loot boxes, give us money." Voted worst company to work for, or something like that, for two years in a row. <laughs> Maybe yeah. they could put their money where their mouth is and have what you pay for loot boxes go to charity but also yeah, I'd, I'd consider buying but maybe not loot boxes i mean like yeah. Bl- blizzard recently did that with uh, overwatch right they had a, a bit of time where like overwatch loot boxes would go to like breast cancer i think or no they had like this yeah one. it was a skin right yeah. a pink mercy skin yeah that one pack yeah um and then they ended their conference ea did with um anthem just like what 10 15 minutes of anthem stuff yeah and they brought some of the devs on stage and they showed off a little bit of gameplay and i'm i'm interested in just like this the visual look and the story and the music and all that but as someone who doesn't tend towards large online multiplayer games my interest level isn't like insane like i gather it is for most bioware fans yeah i mean i'm definitely more interested in it after seeing it today than i was at the end of last year's e3 i think the showing is a lot stronger and puts this game in a better light than it did previously um and they did confirm no loot boxes no pay to win which that's good to hear yes right? i you know that's one thing to always worry about with ea Especially since Anthem is the kind of game that's super easy to load in loot boxes and microtransactions, right? Mm-hmm. So that's cool to that see. That was good to hear. Yeah. Um, no, I think they said that the only thing that you buy are cosmetics. So yeah, that's, good. that's all right. To, to make your, your mech suits prettier. Or what do they call them? Like exosuits or something? Javelins. Javelins, yeah. Oh, javelins. Just right. javelins. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And there are like four classes. There's like Storm and like Colossus, Interceptor, and one other one. But Storm, Storm. I, yeah, I think it was the Se- first one. was it Seeker. Seeker. I think it was that. But yeah, so basically there are four different suits. It looks like your basic like rogue archetype, tank archetype, mage archetype, and Interceptor. I guess is like Scout. Maybe I don't know. But it looks straight up Destiny because Destiny has the same thing. You know, you have like your Titan, your um, your your Ranger, or is that the name of it in Anthem? But you know what I mean. Like it, it looks straight Freelance, up out of. Right. What was that? Or wait, uh, sorry, I got mixed up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, either way, it looks really Destiny, like so Destiny. And it's yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I said this. Um, when I was talking with you guys before the show that, um, or before the podcast that 
it looks like Destiny, but better, I guess. I wasn't really into Destiny when I played it, and I didn't even touch Destiny 2. But um, I think the fact that it's like super fantasy world-looking mixed with sci-fi as opposed to just like hard sci-fi and Destiny where we see locations that are kind of familiar to us. I like the unfamiliar aspect of it. Like there were a lot of cool-looking aliens and stuff, which I think I focus more on um, in in – looking at the previews they gave us and anything else um that kind of got me excited yeah for sure and uh a lot of the animations especially like a jetpacking animations look straight out of mass effect andromeda which i'm okay with them reusing code for that the andromeda's combat was pretty good so it's cool to see that kind of find a new home because i don't think it's going to find one in mass effect andromeda 2 anytime soon Yeah, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, I mean, deserved, but like, yikes. Um, and then they revealed that Anthem's release date is February 22, which is, I believe, the same day as Days Gone, that Sony exclusive. I'm going to actually double check that to be absolutely sure. Yeah, it's around the same time. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of... Like, that's going to be EA and Sony going head-to-head for that week. You know what I mean? Like, like I can't think of the last time that's really happened. Oh, maybe, like, October 27 of last year. That was, like, what? Odyssey, Assassin's Creed Origins, and Wolfenstein all in one day? Yeah, I think so. I'm trying to remember. I, I think so. Yeah. So, we're kind of seeing something similar with Anthem and Days Gone coming out on the same day for next year. But they're also like two very different games. Like Days Gone looks very open world, like zombie killing, whatever. And Anthem's very like, it's a shooter looter basically was what I'm gathering. And Days Gone is exclusive, so. Yeah. You know, that might factor into it. Right. Um, Also, can we talk about like the holograms that they opened up with of like, that was Anthem. Right, like that was. Oh yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, that was yeah. kind of cool. Other that. Um, so, would the audience have seen it like I that? I don't know. I've always wanted to go to a live show like that because, like, they did that at um, the League of Legends finals, like last year, where they had like the dragon show up on the stadium. But, I don't know. I think that'd be cool to see in real life. If oh yeah, that's how definitely. They did at one of those video game awards too like the the one with um jeff Keeley. yeah yeah that's the name yeah yeah I, I think i remember that they had like something while they were showing like the names of the uh like nominees or something for one of the categories yeah that was pretty cool yeah um but i think that's about it for the ea conference i thought we could maybe like go around the table and just like what are you most excited for coming out, out of EA. the conference yeah like what's what's the one thing you're like that's gonna be a must buy for me or that's the one thing i'm gonna follow the most moving yeah. out of this well <laughs> um if i had to pick one and i'm probably gonna get it it'd be anthem just because uh i like bioware and i feel like maybe that they'll do better than before i kind of i still have faith in them even though i probably shouldn't but <laughs> um 
you know, I mean, the gameplay looked engaging enough. It's something I'll probably pick up and play for a bit, and hopefully, um, hopefully, it'll kind of scratch that itch that I have for uh, looting, like loot. I don't know what you'd call it, but I like getting loot. So if, if there's plenty of that, then it'll have me engaged. Right. Haley, do you, do you want to go next? Sure. Um, I think I'm most excited for Anthem. Um, I haven't played Destiny, but I don't know. Like this one just seems to intrigue me a little bit more. And then, um, was it like Sea of Sadness or sea something of like that? Yeah, that one. Um, I'm excited for that one also. I'm hoping to get more information on that uh when it gets sooner to a release date i was a little sad that there was no dragon age but i think i need to hang up that one and just admit that it might be a while before we get any news of a new dragon age unfortunately uh mike what are you looking for uh sea of solitude yeah I mean, Anthem does look alright, but I'm not really much of a, a big-time multiplayer fan, so Sea of Solitude, just the art style and, you know, the story and everything looks really interesting to me. Right. What about you, Trevor? I'm interested to see what Jedi Fallen Order looks like, even though I assume it will be all multiplayer and it might not draw my interest because of that. I just want to see what the visual style of it will look like coming from Respawn and being set in the dark times. Yeah, I mean, if I remember right, Titanfall 2's uh, like campaign was celebrated, right? Because it was pretty good from what I remember hearing. So I hope they bring like similar chops, especially when they're working with a franchise as big as Star Wars. Okay, well that, see, I've, I didn't know anything about titanfall 2 having a campaign mode yeah it was one of the like requested features on it actually okay well then in that case i might be a little more interested since there's potential for that in jedi fallen order right like for me i i kind of walked out of ea's conference like kind of disappointed but excited for some things like I was really, really hoping for a Skate 4. Just so badly. I don't know if you guys <laughs> I, ever played the Skate games, but there's I've, so I know Twitch them. chat, apparently. Yeah I've, yeah, I've played the first couple. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, Austin, to your point, I think it's kind of a meme at this point where anytime EA posts every, anything online, the internet's just like, Skate 4, though! We're Skate 4! <laughs> so, yeah, I, I saw some, some stuff yeah. on Twitter. Because, I mean, earlier this week, they turned on the servers again for Skate 3. And I'm like, come on, you can't do that and not follow it up with like any words. <laughs> like, come on. Um, so that's kind of disappointing. But as far as like what I'm excited for, I mean, I don't know. I think, I mean, Sea of Solitude, right? I got to echo you guys about that. That looks like it's going to be yes. very interesting. Like, I'm excited to see what comes out of that. Um, I'm interested to see what Anthem's going to do to the shooter looter uh, landscape, especially because that will mean for borderlands 3 if and or when that comes out which it probably will because gearbox said i think they're working on it um like borderlands 3 kind of used to be the king of that genre for a while 
or Borderlands 1 and 2, right? So Borderlands 3 is going to come out in a post-Anthem world, and Anthem shaping up to be something that could be a powerhouse in that genre. So I think it'll be interesting to see where that goes. And yeah, uh, I'm actually kind of interested in Unravel 2. Actually, that looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, especially to play it like with a friend. Yeah. But And you can check it out now. Yeah, right now. Well, if as long as it's not 404 still. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's think, a free Unravel 2 theme on PS4 right now. Oh, so snap. that might, uh, you know, that might uh, be a little something, something to check out while you wait. Yeah, d- just stare at the theme for a while and be like, yeah, it's almost <laughs> like playing the game. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to check right now, actually. Yep, still 404 as of this time. So that's cool. Um, I think we should probably wrap up the show, though, unless you guys mm-hmm. have any final parting words about EA Play that you want to say. No? Okay. I'm good. I'm good. So, yeah, that's that's been us at the Game Luster podcast. We're probably going to be doing more podcasts uh, after a majority of the conferences for this E3. So stay on the feed, stay on the RSS, keep that in check if you want to hear our thoughts and opinions about the upcoming conferences. Um, I say let's go around, do some words of wisdom and or social plugs whatever you want to do austin you want to start us off yeah just uh check out my articles i'd really appreciate it and if you ever want to leave a comment do so i i always like to uh hear what you guys think cool Haley. um i'm super excited for ubisoft's conference and sony's and I just hope one day that we eventually get a Dragon Age because I am I need to fight some more dragons Mike? I was gonna say uh, just looking forward to Sony and Nintendo and hoping for that Devil May Cry 5 Oh yeah that's gonna be sick if it happens I mean it'll probably happen Uh, Trevor? Well I'm Looking forward to Bethesda and Nintendo. And I I just have this sneaking suspicion that Bethesda is going to announce Doom 2. I don't know. I just I just have this feeling. I I concur actually. And I hope they do. It were due for it, I think. Yeah, the the yeah. the remake was really good, so. Mm-hmm. Uh for me, I I'm, I'm kind of excited for all of E3. I guess I'm most excited for Microsoft as I've explained earlier, just cuz I want to see if it's a car wreck or a cool car stunt. Yeah. Um <laughs> I think Nintendo is going to be interesting, uh, mainly because I'm just super interested in Smash, and I know that's probably going to be a majority of this year's conference. Even though Nintendo always phones it in, literally, with like just a video, <laughs> yeah. it's like we're going to stream this video. Um, but yeah, I don't know. E3 is going to be cool this year. I was worried it wouldn't be that interesting, but so far, it's shaping up to be a good start, even though it technically hasn't started yet. Um, you can follow wow. me on Twitter and all the social medias at Pinoptimist. P I N O P T I M I S T. And also on my other podcast I do called the Tiny Disc Podcast. So that does it for us for this quick little uh, post-EA recap of the Game Luster Podcast. For Austin, Haley, Mike, and Trevor, this is Robert, and we'll see you guys next time. (laughs) 